We are looking at the parables of Jesus. Today is the last of the three parables we're going to look at. Last week, we looked at the parable of the ten virgins. Jesus is talking about his return and saying that no one knows the day or the hour. It could be soon. It could be a while. Then Jesus tells a parable called the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. Uh, it, it's not as popular as the Good Samaritan or the Prodigal Son, but still a wonderful parable with with lots of layers. So let's just kind of read this section by section, a couple verses at a time, to, to pull out some of the key details. So Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. So, uh, it, the it, will be this coming of, of Jesus, the second coming. And uh, this business owner is going away on a journey. Now, journeys were long and they were dangerous. Okay, There's no flights. There's no buses. A lot of times you wouldn't know when you were going to come back. You wouldn't know if you were going to come back. And so this master takes his possessions and, and puts servants, puts people in charge of of his belongings while he's gone. This is the meaning of the word stewardship. The steward is to take stuff that's not yours and take care of it as if it was yours. Now, uh, many stories in history have three characters. This one's no exception. You, you might think of the, the good Samaritan with a priest, a Levite, a Samaritan. Goldilocks and three bears, three billy goats gruff, three little pigs, three guys walk into a bar. Lots of stories with three, often having uh, two, and then the third be kind of different to teach a lesson. And that's what we're going to see here. So Jesus has this man give his possessions to three men. He gives five talents, two talents, and one talents, respectively. Now, this parable, once again, depends on you knowing how much a talent is worth, and we don't. Does it sound like a lot? Eh, one talent. Like a buck? A hundred bucks? A thousand bucks? What is it? Well, really, a talent was a measurement of weight, normally of silver. And a talent was supposed to be the amount of silver that would be worth about 6,000 denarii. Now, uh, a denarii or a drachma was kind of a similar amount, was a day, standard day's wage. So if the average worker worked for a day in your field, you paid them a denarii. Okay, so six. Thousand denaries are one talent. Six thousand days worth of work. Um, in today's money, I mean, I'm not going to give you all the math here. It's maybe uh, figure a talent to be about three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Okay, three hundred sixty thousand dollars for a steward. That's that's a lot of money. So so one person that gets one um, one talent, three thousand three hundred sixty thousand dollars. That would mean that the one who gets two gets. Uh, $720,000, and the one who gets five, $1.8 million. Okay, so even the one who only gets one talent gets a lot. Then the man leaves, and we pick up the story in verse 16. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But the one who received the one talent went and dug in the ground, and hid his master's money. So, so two of the men take the, the master's money, and they start trading, and start working. And the one with five, 
and one with two, both double their money. Now, now to double your investment, you're hustling. You know, you're taking a lot of risk. Okay, this is not just getting 3%. It's not compound interest. I mean, they are out there hustling to double their master's money. They're making investments. They're making trades. They're starting new businesses, having new business opportunities to double their master's money. But the third doesn't do any of this. Takes his one talent, $360,000, and he goes, he buries it in his yard, figuring, at least I won't lose it, right? At least it's there. He doesn't even take it to the bank. At least in the bank, you'd get some interest, right? He's buried. No way he can be sure he gets 100% of the money back. No reward, but no risk either. After a long time, the master returns, and we pick up in verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And he said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you've delivered me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So let's think about these first two. The master comes back. And these servants who have, have been stewards, have taken care of his wealth, have, have doubled his money. And he, and he blesses them. He's thankful for them. And, and, and he, he gives a, a, a blessing of, of good and faithful servant. Well done to both. One made two, one made five, but they both get the same blessing. I love that that word talent has so many layers in English today. I mean, going back to the meaning of the word, it's a weight. It's a, it's a value of that we all have talents. Some of us have money. Some of us have abilities. Some of us have opportunities. God gives to each of us talents. What are you doing with your talents? We all steward them. They're his. It's the his property that he gives on loan to us. My gifts are his. Your job is his. Uh, our property is his. Our, your paycheck is his. I mean, it's all his. We just take care of it. Talents can be your money, your ability, the things you're good at, and your passions, the things you care about, your family. I steward my kids, my job, this church, acknowledging that it all belongs to Jesus. Others took care of it before I got here, and others will take care of it after I leave. It's ours to steward, to make decisions, to try to make the most of. And we don't all have the same talents. We don't have the same amount of talents. The question is, what did we do with the talents that we had? How are you stewarding God's things in God's world until he comes again? Because he will come, and you will have to give an account for what you have done. So we must risk and invest. We must work, and we must hustle to get the most out of our talents. Because don't we all want to hear God say, Well done, good and faithful servants. And I love this last line, Enter into the joy of your master. In other words, the joy of the master is, hey, I got, I got more talents, right? I've, I've doubled what I had. You can be excited too because all that I have is yours. That's the implication. You're not an employee to God is what it's saying. You ever do something great for your job? 
but you don't get any of the reward for it. You make your company a lot of money, but you don't end up getting it. That's not how God is. You're not on the payroll with God. And so when God's excited, when you do something for the kingdom, it's your joy too. Enter into the joy of your master. You can go ahead and be joyful and excited too because the blessing is yours. But what about this third character? Like so many parables, like so many stories, the third sets off a little different. He had a single talent. He just buried it in the ground. And here's his account. He also who had one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So after seeing the reward of these servants, this third man has to go and give an account of what he did. And what does he do? He blames it on the master. I know you were a hard guy. I know that you reaped where you didn't plant and you, you go out. I mean, I know that you're hard on people and I was afraid and so I hid it. This is a little backwards, right? If you knew he was a hard man, then you knew he wasn't going to be happy that you hid it. Okay, if you, if you really knew the heart of your master, you would know this is not what he wants. Okay, this is not a master who's in on the Bariat investment plan. And then the revealing piece is this last line. Here, have what is yours. This man's not a good steward because he doesn't treat the stuff as if it's his. It's yours. It's yours. I hate it for you. What was he doing? Was he out investing his own money? Working on his own stuff? You always want to, you want to loan your things to the people that treat it like it's their own. I mean that in the most possible way. Not for people who wreck their stuff. You want to treat it. You want you want people to to, to borrow your stuff. We're going to treat it as if it's theirs, not junk to be thrown away, but actually to take care of it. Is he motivated solely out of fear? This man. I wonder if he also despises the master for only getting one talent when he saw somebody else get two and somebody else get five. I've seen people do this, by the way. They get a little bit of responsibility and they despise it because they think they're so much more. Or they think. The responsibility is beneath them. And, and what ends up happening? They don't end up take care, taking care of the stuff that they needed to take care of. They get a big head thinking they should be responsible for more. And then they don't deal with the stuff they're responsible for. And so they never get more because they despise the stewardship that they were given. So let's hear the master's response. You, verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. And knew that I, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have at least gotten what was my own in interest. So take the town from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Master comes in and says, you, you are wicked and you are lazy. Wicked and lazy. If you'd at least put it in the bank, I would have gotten my own interest. So you cheated me out of the interest. At least I would have gotten if it just sat in the bank. You actually stole from me. So the master takes his, his talent away and gives it to the one who has ten talents. And then he explains himself. For to everyone who has will be given, more will be given. And he will have an, an, uh, an abundance. But from the one who has not, even that what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless service into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
The master judges this man harshly because he should have known better. He knew the will of the master. He knew the expectations of stewardship. And instead he was lazy and he was selfish and he was wicked. Perhaps he spent his time building his own wealth, but he, he definitely didn't care about the will of his master. So the first two stewards give us a motivational call to stewardship, to take the things of God that you're responsible for, your life, your work, your money, your abilities, your opportunities, and to hustle, to risk, to do something with them, that you may enter into the joy of the Lord, that you will be blessed in the kingdom that you are bringing to earth. But our last steward stands as a warning. Don't get selfish. Don't get lazy. Don't think that God does not have expectations for you, for what you are doing in the world and for what you are serving, because God does have expectations. And what a shame if we don't make the most of what God has given us. What an amazing gift it is that God trusts us with his church, with his children, with grandchildren, with his garden, with his nature, with his wealth. What a shame that we should throw that off. So how are you doing with your talents? How have you been handling your money and your time? How have you been tending to and developing your abilities and your passions? Are you playing it safe? Or are you taking big risks so that you can get big rewards? Where has God given you only a little and you're despising that gift or being jealous of others' gifts instead of being faithful with the talent that God has given you? Where are you trying to do something so big in your life that it will probably fail if doesn't if God doesn't show up and bless it? Because that's where true joy is found. Jesus is coming back someday. And you're going to have to give an account for your talents. And I'm going to have to give an account for my talents because all the stuff that we're stewarding are the things of God. Let that be a warning to you, but, but, but don't be scared. See it as an opportunity to enter into the joy of Jesus.